Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What? Good morning, Rico. What? What? Come on, man. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> the little mushroom flower shirt. Like that? You like that? I'm flexing it. I, I like that. Pretty fancy. That's pretty you fancy. With your, your printed shit every day, man. I'm just yeah. trying to get you, man. We're having a Valentine's Day party over here, so I decided to wear red today. Oh, man. Yeah. I went Barbie core for the occasion. Caps are red. So, welcome back, everybody. You're now tuned into High at Nine News. Thank you for joining not only High at Nine with us, but also High Noon on the East Coast. I'm Rico Lumit, the dopest dad on the street. It is Friday. No, it's not. It's Thursday, February 9th. Today's National Cut the Cord Day. Celebrate your independence and watch a little Frozen and do like Elsa. National Develop Alternative Vices Day. So, you can maybe drop that D8 and put a little THCO in your life. National Pizza Day, say less. And National Toothache Day for the real ones amongst us. We will not participate. And finally, National Bagel and Locks Day, an excellent breakfast sandwich combo, no matter what Kanye West thinks. Everybody out there watching, please like, share, and hit the subscribe button and follow us at High 9 News across all social media platforms. We're live on weekday mornings on YouTube and Twitch, audio only on Clubhouse. If you do choose the Clubhouse route, you can participate in the show, raising your hand, and with a brief comment on the story presented. Getting things started today, y'all know who it is. It's the longest continuously operating retailer in the world, often found at Green Street, wheeling and dealing, mink coat rocking, private jet hopping, being Kaiser Brose as we know him. Jason Beck, what do you have for us today? Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Rico. Appreciate that. Hope everyone's having an amazing Thursday. We're almost a Friday. But also, too, I want to make sure that everyone knows out there that we just yesterday went live on podcast form. So all of our January and February episodes you can find on iTunes or Apple, whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, a few others and whatnot. So make sure that you go out there download a few episodes, help build up the algorithm for us, and let's keep it rolling. You know what I'm saying? But today, my story is something that happens to a lot of people, and this state is happens to be dealing with it currently. Out there in the great state of Michigan and all of my Michigander friends, that's right, why Gucci is back, because legal marijuana in Michigan, but employers can drug test for it, and what workers need to know, that's right, As more and more adult-use marijuana dispensaries open around Michigan, and notably in big cities like Detroit, oh yeah, employers are increasingly confronted with questions about how to handle testing employees for cannabis. Some Michigan employers began re-examining drug testing policies back in 2008 when medical cannabis was legalized in Michigan. 
employment lawyers and staffing firm executives say the movement to re-examine these policies gained momentum again in 2018 when adult use cannabis was legalized and again in recent years as employers have struggled to hire people. On recent, uh, on recent example, last week, the Detroit Free Press reported that the state of Michigan rejected 151 job applicants last year who had already received conditional offers of employment after they tested positive for marijuana, according to the Office of State Employer, even as it faced a hiring crunch. That's more than triple the 49 that's more than triple the 49 failed marijuana tests back in 2018 the last year adult use cannabis was illegal under state law and it also did more than double the 71 failed marijuana tests resulting from the state hiring process back in 2021 other companies and states around the country are grappling with an increase in positive tests for marijuana and marijuana positivity surged. I like how they did that. Marijuana positivity surged in 2020 in the general U.S. workforce, according to most recent data available from Quest Diagnostics, a New Jersey based company that analyzes millions of workplace drug tests every year. In states where adult use cannabis is legal, marijuana positively increased by the largest percentage compared with other states from 20 or 2.2 in 2012 to 4.8% in back in 2020. And a quote, it's a real balancing act for my clients in a tight labor market to recruit and retain the workers while still maintaining drug policies that are consistent with a patchwork of state and local testing laws and still have a safe workplace. Brian Kruger, a labor and employment attorney at Royal Oak based law firm Howard and Howard Attorneys PLLC said the Detroit Free Press talked with Kruger about uh, how employers are approaching testing for marijuana and what it means to job seekers and workers. And this uh, interview has been uh, shortened for clarity, but there are three questions and answers that they uh, that they asked during this. And I'm going to read these off to you. The question is, they say, are employers dropping marijuana from their pre-employment drug screening? The answer he says, I've got some clients that have that have dropped it. Other clients tell me, nope, we're not having any difficulties. We're maintaining our policy that positive THC tests for applicants are a disqualifying factor. But others have dropped it because they have a work environment that might have fewer workplace safety concerns than a manufacturing facility, for example, where employees are around heavy equipment. He says, suppose it's a manufacturing facility where employees are around robots and dangerously heavy equipment. In that case, employers are probably more reluctant to drop marijuana from the panel because of the severe consequences of losing a limb or a life in a manufacturing facility. Second question. Given that marijuana is legal for, for adult use in Michigan, can an employer discipline or fire an employee if they test positive for marijuana on a drug screening? And the answer, they say, is this. The law is still, su is, is still such that no employer needs to accommodate even medical marijuana use in the workplace. They can discipline and fire employees if they are using while on duty or are impaired or under the influence while at work, as, in, as opposed to. THC um, remains in the system for an extended period of time. We don't currently have any available testing that accurately would indicate a level of intoxication at a particular time. So employers might have an employee who tests positive for marijuana in a past accident drug test. 
is that enough to fire the employee in Michigan? He asks. Uh, he says it would be, but employers really need to focus on the behavior and train their supervisors to recognize the signs of being under the influence of marijuana. Once in a while, employers will have the person caught on video vaping, for example, or a co-worker witnessing the act, but by and large, they are not uh, going to have that kind of smoking gun evidence. So, so then it's going to be incumbent on employers, super, supervisors, to be able to identify, well, why do we think this person is impaired? It's, a, it's good to have objective evidence or slurred speech or glazed eyes, for example. Mm, those glizzy eyes. Uh, final question for you guys. President Joe Biden announced in October that he would ask the Department of Justice and Health and Human Services to review how marijuana should be scheduled under federal law. Currently, marijuana is considered a Schedule One substance, meaning it has no potential for abuse or has all, only a potential for abuse and no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the U.S. if marijuana is scheduled differently. How could that change drug testing? His answer is employers at the point marijuana is rescheduled or descheduled would want to take a close look at their drug policies. Many drug testing policies currently have a provision that says employers can take adverse employment action for illegal drug use uh, under either state or federal law. And the federal law has been the caveat that many employers keep in their drug testing policies because it's still a Schedule One drug. Now, if that's dropped, their policies would have to be revised, they say. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, in California, we have a thing out here where you can't be discriminated uh, in work for your use of cannabis. And not only that, but you're also allowed to have a beer on your lunch break, which means the same thing for cannabis, that you could smoke a joint on your lunch break and not get fired. But that's California and not Michigan. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. What do you all have to say? It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm sick of it. You know, these. You're on mute, Mark. You're on mute. I'm on mute. No, on mute. I can hear him. I can hear him yeah. too. Uh -oh. You're Mark. entirely right, Mark. You got to hit the mute it's, button. Uh, they shouldn't be able to test. Oh. You can hear him. I agree. I mean, you know what's going <laughs> here in California? We're not getting you anything, Mark. They, no, we can hear him. We, no, we're not hearing anything. Hearing you're, you're on mute. I'm not on Jason, mute. we can all hear you, too. <laughs> turn up your snare. Turn, turn up his snare. <laughs> can what I? I can hear you, Mark. Talk hey, to hey, me, hey, Mark. Let, let, let me say it. Shut the fuck up, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jason. He doesn't get to hear the joke. So, so in California... As you may know, they, they create a law that they cannot do that anymore. They can't test for cannabis, but it doesn't go into effect until next year. We are getting calls every fucking day from people. I just got fired. I heard this law. It, no, it's like so, the businesses and their, their attorney. Hey, fire everybody now. You got to go now before 2024. And that is what is happening. There's no built-in protection until it actually goes into effect. So, you know, we got all kinds of problems. And to hear that happening in Michigan as well, you know, go get drunk till four in the morning and go to work completely hungover. That's okay. Right. right. 
Because you're going to feel terrible. I mean, and you can't do that after <laughs> after a certain point. Your lung, your your liver just can't manage those toxins fast enough, and you're going to have hangover the next day. And what about the ambient guys? What that's the thing that scares me the most yeah. are these sleep medications that are perfectly acceptable and are you know get it so you can sleep and come to work the next day all you know zombied out and suicidal and homicidal. I mean. <laughs> And having Operating all that heavy machinery, the whole cheesecake. <laughs> you <know>? well, I mean, <laughs> You're um, homicidal for that reason alone, right? But you can't move because you ate that cheesecake. See, <laughs> it just balances yeah. out. Doctor Mary, do um, I'm out in Michigan? Are there a lot of? I know um, there are a lot of pharmaceutical companies out there too, right? In Michigan, I think there's probably a bigger concentration, Rico, in Minnesota. Um, and down in Indianapolis with Eli Lilly. Um, but Dow is in Midland and is still a prominent company. And uh, Upjohn is in Kalamazoo. So, yeah, we have some pharmaceutical company presence over on the West yeah. Coast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking like this pharmaceutical company could be pushing this to get people uh, drug tested, get people THC tested. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, I think that if you want to know who's against uh, cannabis, it's going to be the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies. I mean, when patients say over and over that they stopped three pills, that's pretty common. But I have patients tell me they've stopped 10 pills once they start smoking regularly as their form of medicine. And nobody wants to hear that if you're selling the pills. You know, okay. Oh yeah, is that all we got on Are you this? Better now, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to refresh. I apologize for that, you guys. My my bad. I hit I hit refresh, and all of a sudden I could hear you guys all 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 clamoring up. Is my is my mic weak right now? I mean, no, your mic sound sounds good. fine to me. I don't know what Adam's talking about, but you know, nonetheless, we got to run a quick ad. We got to keep running the show. All right. You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sa to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Well, coming up next, he's the dope dad. That's right. The one of the dopest dads in the street hidden. You know what I'm saying? Hanging and banging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you ever catch him pounding sand, it's only because you know that he's over at the beach building sandcastles with Zozo. That's right, is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Ooh, I like the little harp there, too. A little harp action in there with it. All right, so um, my headline today is from Reuters by Mike Scarcella. Miracle Grow subsidiary is accusing an investment firm of cannabis ploy. So it looks like Burner's billion-dollar lifestyle brand's hitting yet another legal hurdle on the way to New York City legal retail market. As Cookie's parent company, TerraSend, and their biggest investor, JW Asset Management, is being accused of none other than, by none other than, Scott's miracle Grow, And their subsidy, Hawthorne Gardening Company. Why? 
for making shady backdoor deals to block their own entry into northern New Jersey and New York markets. Per the article, Hawthorne's claiming Terrasen tried to ruin their $175 million interest in cannabis industry acquisition firm. In a lawsuit filed Monday in Manhattan federal court, Scott's Miracle Grow subsidiary accused JW Asset Management LLC and Terrasen Corp of violating U.S. antitrust laws as the, uh, um, for their bid to dominate the board of directors of cannabis acquisition firm RIV Capital with the help of Hawthorne's multi-million dollar investment last year. Riv Capital acquired New York area cannabis cultivation and retail company Etain LLC for $247 million. According to the lawsuit, Terrasen also wanted to, to buy Etain, uh, which is a holder of one of the original medical licenses in New York, and um, the lawsuit alleges JW Mass Asset Management, the largest shareholder in Riv Capital, sought to oust three of Hawthorne nominated three Hawthorne nominated directors who serve on Riv's board and replace them with their own picks. A complaint written by Hawthorne lawyer Peter Safferstein read this: The defendants' attacks on and attempts to take control of Riv Capital violate federal antitrust law. Legal representatives from both JW Asset Management and Terrasen have remained silent on this to the media since it uh, first broke early yesterday. Canadian Exchange listed Terrasen has cannabis operations in California, New Jersey, Maryland, and elsewhere. Hawthorne claimed in the filing, uh, the series of anti-competitive or otherwise wrongful and improper actions were undertaken to stop Riv Capital's entry into the New York, New Jersey market. And stopping Riv Capital's move into New York would reduce industry competition to the benefit of Terrasen. Uh, Safferstein did not immediately reply to any messages seeking comment, and neither did a representative from Ohio-based Scotts, which um, uh, created Hawthorne Collective in 2021 for, quote, strategic minority investments in certain areas of the cannabis industry before seeing $3.92 billion in sales for the fiscal year of 2022. For MJ Biz Daily's Chris Roberts, they now run three retail outlets in New Jersey and is one of the only four MSOs licensed within northern in, uh, New Jersey adjacent to New York City. The company reported in August 2022, Investor Deck uh, filed in court along with the lawsuit, making Terrasen one of uh, the only operators um, in the New York City metro area. New York registered vertically integrated companies, including Etain, are prohibited from entry into the adult use market until nonprofit and social equity operator-owned uh, dispensaries open first. Terrasen owns interests in major brands, including California-based retail chain The Apothecarium, Michigan-headquartered Gage Growth, uh, Growth Group. Through Gage, Terrasen owns Cookies, branded stores in three Michigan cities, as well as Toronto, and has exclusive rights to Cookies brand in New Jersey, and this whole cookies thing is becoming the first multi-billion dollar international lifestyle cannabis brand. It's getting messier by the week, I swear. First New York draft regs explicitly stated no cannabis companies are allowed to use food in their names. And then they said neon or bright colored branding. And now they're getting slapped up with the antitrust suit for trying to corner the Manhattan market by none other than Scott's miracle Grow. It'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, welcome to the New York Big Leagues Cookies. Big and Puff said it best back in 97. Mo money, mo problems. Is Rico Lamy, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. I would like to hear Mark Wasserman's take on this one. We got a big lawyer in the house. What do you think about this, man? Is, uh, is Cookie going to be all right here? Or are they in trouble? <laughs> <Is> this <laughs> 
a lot of people are getting in trouble. You know, a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, these licensed legal companies, multi-state operators, they've been doing, you know, you all heard what happened to Cushy Punch. And, you know, I just, you know, it really hurts the small operators when, when these large operators that have all this money, supposedly MedMen. I just heard something about them tanking or whatever. Yeah, we covered, we covered that a couple days ago. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. And, and, you know, all these huge companies that are being destroyed and have done everything wrong by all accounts. They can't cut in the big leagues. I'll tell you what. You're yeah. against billion. You're against multi-billion-dollar firms now. They're they're cutting them off at the knees. Terrace and better watch their back because right now I'll tell you what. And and typically, and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but in a lot of these cases, it's generally who has the most money and can we withstand spending the most money is who ultimately wins. And I'll tell you what, I'm willing to put money that Scott's Miracle Grow got way bigger pockets than Cookies got or Terrace and. Right. I mean, they made four billion last year alone. <laughs> just saying and they created saying, Haw- they created a hawthorne um, um mm-hmm. to for um uh, to support minority groups in the cannabis industry you see that is that, what, is that what it's claimed as <laughs> with cookies is, cookies was trying to do the same thing weren't they in, I'm, weren't they, I'm, uh, just, like, I'm just asking New questions York? here i'm just asking questions Rico. i'm asking i'm asking too like um, I, I think that was uh, like cookies play in, in in new york the only way that they were going to be able to do what they're doing is if they came in under social equity and um, I, I think the New York shop is trying to become social equity shop and open early. So, I think so- on a broader level for individuals listening, you know, I think the, the the value of some of these companies is being driven down, but they're going to exist. I, I think the, you know, that the, the the marijuana stocks are going to go up. We're not not right now, but when it, but but there it's a good time to buy low because I don't think that everybody's going to just get absorbed and go away. I mean, I don't know which companies I would you know put my money behind, but it seems like a good idea for some because some of these bigger ones are going to be you know holding a lot of the market share. I agree with you, Dr. Mary, in some aspects, but when it comes to the stock side on cannabis, I still say short them all. But I do agree with you. If you are going to buy, buy low and stay high. But tell me this, uh, 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 Jason. You don't you don't think that all these like Scott's Miracle Grow, um, Amazon, um, shit, Apple. You don't think they're going to be buying all of these former heavyweight MSOs? You don't think they're going to be buying them pennies on the dollar? Not until fe- not until federal legalization. No, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen like in the next year or two or even five. Well, even or if never. that happens, I, I can see them. I can see them getting absorbed. In there, like MedMen, I think 100% MedMen will be. No um, way. Their marketing is too strong, man. People, people know they're, mar- they're, they're marketing strong, but you're Apple. talking about a company like Apple. Okay, Apple is not going to. Apple won't even let you have a weed app on their app store. Okay, and yet they're going to go and buy plant touching companies. Yeah, they do. They they opened no, that last year. No, 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 bro. That's just yes, ain't Don't don't get it twisted. No way. Yes, they fucking did. We covered no that story last year. No. What are you talking not about? Not like that. Not like that, bro. They're still super super subjective as to as to to how you qualify to be to to be that. And like you can't. Let me. My my, my point is this: is you can't be a weed store and have an app and be selling weed uh through your app on your through for your store. That's that, that, that's my that. point. Yes, yes, no. They allow you to do that now. Yes, one hundred percent. They allow ketamine. Yeah, they one hundred percent opened that up last year, and um, I think like four, 
four or five of my clients have their um, their specific apps in the app store. Um, and so you so you can go on the stores app and you can order weed. Yeah. Get out in of the here. States. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm gonna have States. to check this out. I might have to might have to build an app for a few stores now. I think you should. Might have some more work to do today. Yes, in legal states. Especially if you're in the state that's legal. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I just got a wrinkle in my brain today, you guys. I buy weed off apps all the time. Straight up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, Alibaba yeah. doesn't count, Nick. Alibaba. <laughs> AliExpress. <laughs> yeah. Got <laughs> that booth right there. If you yeah, it, so, <laughs> I, I would have to agree that coming off Alibaba, it's almost certainly booth. Yeah. 100%. I, I think this whole thing is going to be very, very interesting because, you know, like the cookies you know, joining uh, a Terrasen group like last year, um, depending on who you ask and what day you ask them, you know, people will say like Terrasen owns cookies and other people will say that they don't, but whatever. But them joining forces with them last year uh, created them as an international billion, um, a multi-billion dollar player, right? And so now they're going to be targeted by larger companies like Scott's Miracle Grow, like these other people with interests whether they're explicit interests or where they're waiting in the wings like ter um like scott's miracle grow is they're publicly traded company so they can't literally have their hands on it but they have a subsidiary they created hawthorne group to do just that i think you're gonna see more and more um, examples of that happening and if a cookies or a cure leaf or, or whoever who thinks they're big shit in our industry try to fuck with them they're gonna take they're gonna cut the knees off do you happen to remember what Terrasen's uh, 280E tax liability was that they owe the IRS? No, what was it? Oh, it was up there, bro. I mean, I don't think they were one of the top three, but they were, you know, they were, they were, they were on that list. Right, like, they were on that list. It, it, it's going to be very, very interesting. These, um, we see these MSOs as giants that are fucking us up, like the little guys in cannabis, like. I don't think they stand a chance against like real publicly traded companies with billions just to just just to burn on on legal legal fees mm -hmm. every year. Exactly. And like uh, Rico said, they are not waiting until the feds get involved. I mean, most of these companies do have subsidiary shell companies, something like that, where they're buying up, you know, stocks, options just so they can be ready for when it does go legal. They're already majority owner, you know. Yes, indeed, man. It's 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 going to be very, very. I think it's going to be a very interesting year on 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 that end of things. And um, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's weird that these large companies that don't give a fuck about the little people at all, and and they're coming in saying that, oh, we want to help out the little guys. We want to help out the minorities in the cannabis industry. And like, <sighs> I mean, couldn't you say the same things about municipalities when they say they want to enact social equity programs? Yes, 100%. This sure. is why I push for reparations. It's all fucking smoke and mirrors. It's all a bunch of fucking lies. They do not care about minorities in this shit. And if they did, they would have let the little guys, they would have let the people that they said that they want to help um, uh, right the wrongs of the war on drugs. They would have let them get their licenses first. And they didn't do that. Restitution, not reparation. All of that. Give us some money. Either way, <laughs> Rest, hey, you know what? Restitution sounds more realistic than reparations. I have, I will give it to the governor would, on that I'd one. I'd like to hear the um, governor Wildstar just kind of expound upon that. What is, you know, the difference in your mind? Restitution is getting money from the people 
um, that are actually liable, you know, the people that are taking from we the people and uh, having them pay up versus reparations is having everybody pay for the shit. I mean, I don't want to be paying for uh, something that I'm going to get a kickback on. That makes no sense. I want the money to be tax free, corruption free. And uh, yeah, cut the check. Like Rico said. Give me my money. Let's keep let's let's keep it moving here, man. Let's keep it moving. Up next, we have a very special guest uh, coming on the show with us today. He hops on with us from time to time. <laughs> he is best known, he and his brother, for the phrase "shut the fuck up." But he's also a Renaissance man. He is a Renaissance man and has practiced law for over twelve years now. One of the infamous Pop Brothers at law. Here to join us is Mark Wasserman. Thank you. I wish I wish I looked like I've been practicing twelve years, but it's actually been twenty-seven years. But uh, that's okay. Yeah. I won't. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta update, you gotta update the Wikipedia, man. Wikipedia <laughs> lying on you, bro. That's Wikipedia. I don't. I don't even know how that works. But I am here today to share with you a story. Not really a story, but something that I've been involved with for the last couple of years, and it's called Penal Code Section One Thousand One Point Ninety Five in California and what you need to know about it. And the important thing about what I'm talking about here, two things. Number one, when you get an attorney, you wanna make sure the attorney knows all the new laws, statutes, cases, and codes that are coming out as they're coming out. We as attorneys are supposed to keep up on all that continuing legal education. A very important law that you see right there, California Penal Code Section 1195 was signed by Gavin Newsom in 2021 and went into law in 2022. And what it does, I'll read you the beginning of this code section, a judge in the superior court in which a misdemeanor is being prosecuted may at the judge's discretion and over objection of the prosecuting attorney offer diversion to a defendant pursuant to certain terms and other conditions. So what that means is, in California, almost any misdemeanor, almost any misdemeanor with the exception of sex crimes and, and violent domestic violence crimes and even DUIs are eligible. Those three typically are not. All other misdemeanors like cannabis possession, cultivation, distribution, all the cannabis crimes and all other misdemeanors. In the last year, we've gotten 20 cannabis cases dismissed using this code section where we have to show our client is suitable and eligible for this diversion. And we come up with terms and conditions, going to do community service, going to pay some fines, going to do this, going to do that. And then the judge decides, okay, you're going to do these things for 12 to 24 months. We're going to suspend the case. So it's just sitting there. You do all these things and then the case gets dismissed. It's like it never even happened. And we've actually been successful. We're one of the first attorneys in California, in uh, LA County to get a DUI diverted. And it was a cannabis DUI where a mother was coming home from a dispensary, was followed by a cop pulled over in front of her house and given a DUI cannabis 
Now, even though this code section is supposed to exclude DUIs, we were able to successfully argue with the help of our experts that the cannabis aspect of this, of this is so different from alcohol and this type of crime that this person was subjected to should not ruin this person's life in any way by having this misdemeanor on their record, which can affect you getting a job and other houses, homes, renting, other things can affect your life just with a misdemeanor on your record. The interesting thing to point out is that this person who I'm talking about went to another attorney first and they were talking about all sorts of different deals that she'd have to make and what she'd have to do. And then in four years, get it expunged after pleading guilty because they didn't know this new law. And we have been saving people the last year by utilizing this particular penal code and this motion because we know it and we're on top of it. And so there's lots of attorneys out there who do the same thing, but there's lots of attorneys who don't. And in the criminal defense arena, you do not want an attorney who doesn't know that the misdemeanor you just got could actually be dismissed somewhat easily by you doing a few things here and there. And we've gotten these cases dismissed, as the penal code says, over the objection of the prosecutors. And we hear them prosecute. We recently, two days ago, we got a case dismissed 100 pounds. That's right. 100 pounds of cannabis our client was caught with in his car. He shut the fuck up, which is always going to help. And it's a misdemeanor. The prosecuting attorney was alleging our client was an international drug dealer when she was arguing to the judge that there's no way you should divert 100 pounds. And we successfully argued, weight doesn't matter. It's a misdemeanor. It shouldn't ruin this guy's life. And we got that diverted. We got a 20-pound case diverted. We're getting cases diverted left and right when people, it's a combination of a penal code like this, shutting the fuck up so you don't screw yourself and make things worse, and then finding the right attorney who knows how to handle your case and knows all the current laws. I'm Mark Wasserman, Pop Brothers at Law, special correspondence for your High at Nine News. Oh, yeah. Mark, this is fantastic news. Now, I'm a little bit confused because you said you initially said the three things uh, like like sex crimes and whatnot, but you said DUI. But you also went in and said that you got someone off of a cannabis DUI with this. Can you kind of elaborate what would yeah. be the difference in those situations? Because my, my, my initial interpretation would be like if you got a DUI, you'd be eligible for it as long as you didn't damage anyone or any property. But if you did, then you wouldn't be subject to that. No, the, the code and the legislative intent uh, goes into this diversion not applying to DUIs mm -hmm. and, and, and typical DUIs because uh, they don't want somebody out there drinking and driving and then being able to even, you know, get their case dismissed just like that. So it's not so easy. We had to go in. We had to we had to basically school the judge on how cannabis works in your body and how our expert explains that there's no way to show that this person was impaired. Mm -hmm. She wasn't pulled over for impaired driving. She was just put the guy followed her from a freaking dispensary. 
you know, and, and that's it. And so when you're able to show, and we've, we also got an alcohol DUI diverted as well, but under ex those extreme circumstances, we have the right set of facts in our favor, the right person, no record, you know, it was, it was a single parent, kids to raise, this misdemeanor is going to just mess everything up never done anything let for two years go to aa meetings do this do that do a bunch of things to earn the dismissal because what you're doing is you're basically making a contract with the judge i'm going to do a b a through z <clears throat> during this period of time and if you don't well then the judge can haul you off and take you to jail and so can they can they reinstate can they re, can't they reinstate to um like, like elim eliminate the leniency that they gave you and yes. just go harsher Yes, absolutely. In fact, a lot of these deals. So uh, uh, a typical DUI with, you know, no extenuating circumstances could land you in jail for six months. So if you make a deal, hey, I'm going to do all these things for you, judge, in the next year. And then you come back a year later and you haven't. You're going to jail right there, possibly for six months if the judge wants to take you in. Now, now I just got the funniest vision of your of your client because either to to me in my mind is either is is one or the other. There really isn't any other option other than these two. Is either one they stopped at a dispensary that sold them a hundred pounds, which bravo for them. However, that worked out, and right. you know what I'm saying. Or two, they had a hundred peas in the trunk. Okay, Rico, and then they stopped at a store to buy weed to drive home. Stupid. <laughs> I am bound by attorney-client privilege. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting you to extrapolate in any way, Mark. I'm just trying to use the general common sense rule of thumb, and that to me is not a lot of common sense involved in that. You know what but, I mean? Yeah, but 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 when people don't have you know common sense ain't that common anyways, and this is why you should first. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, at least they had that. At least they had the common sense. And thank goodness for the script. And thank you, Mark, for all the work that you do to educate everybody uh, uh, on, yeah. on, on all of these things. Because I can definitely see it making a difference um, overall. Thank yes. you. Yes. My yes. pleasure. That cop that pulled that woman over sounds like a real piece of work to follow her all the way from the dispensary, all the way to where she's about to pull into her driveway and then flip on the lights. And then you're you're right there thinking, I got home safely. He's not going to pull me over. I'm just going to go in my house and have some hot cocoa. You know, her heart's been racing the whole way. And then and then he pops her right outside her house. I mean, what a piece of shit. Doctor Mary, do, 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 do you think do you think maybe he just thought she was hot and he had a crush on her? <laughs> yeah. I think he's one of those guys that doesn't pick up his laundry and then tells you he did. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got to we got to keep it moving. We got to thank you so much for that, Mark. Flying into LAX, you want to taste some of the best weed in the world? Then stop by LAXCC, the closest dispensary to LAX, located at 8332 Lincoln Boulevard, and open from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in L.A. and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you'd like to get high at nine for 10% off your full order. 
the uh, thoughts and opinions in general overall shade thrown a high and nine news are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice and our speakers do not make any representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person this show is probably not for you and if so maybe you should go find that store that sells 100 pounds Oh, yeah, <laughs> today. Good news. Yeah, yeah grow. Look at you go. Hey, that, uh, did you get that? That's I got work to do, y'all. Yeah, I dig it. Coming up next, she's a Manhattan-based, twenty-five-year board-certified integrative medicine internist and two-time best-selling author. But when the CEO of Balance Medicinals is not cooking up converted treatment excellence for y'all asses, y'all know where you can find her. Maybe in front of that camera. I don't know what network, though. What you got for us, Dr. Mary Clifton? Welcome back to the show. Welcome to Hyatt Nine News, everybody. Thank you, Rico, for that introduction. My uh, article is from Marijuana Moment, and it's titled, Marijuana Isn't Associated with Hangover Effects, Raising Questions About Driving and Employment Policies, Study Finds. This is a, a new scientific review that is challenging the idea that the marijuana hangover effect the day after use, raising questions about the policies that punish drivers and people in safety-sensitive positions for cannabis consumption that occurs weeks prior to drug tests being administered. Researchers, and this is a good study, y'all, researchers at the University of Sydney reviewed 20 studies that looked at the effects of marijuana eight hours after use. So 20 individual studies in different locations looking at the effects of marijuana eight hours after use, and they focused on performance assessments. Their findings are set to be published in the Journal of Cannabis and Cannabinoid Research. Most studies don't look this eight hours out. They're looking for the immediate effect. So there were some limitations simply based on the amount of data. But overall, it appears that there is limited scientific evidence to support the assertion that cannabis use impairs next day performance. So further research is still required to fully address this issue. There were a total of 350 performance assessments that were administered across 20, 20 studies. So again, 350 assessments, 20 studies, still a small number of studies, and they were low quality studies, but the next day effect is still not being picked up really at all. And then the article goes into, if you want to do a review of all of the data on driving safety when you've been uh, using cannabis, they do a very nice job of reviewing many of these studies, many of which I've already reviewed with you here. So I don't want to uh, bore you with them. But don't forget about the study uh, published in 2019 that concluded that those who drive at the legal THC limit 
two to five nanograms in their blood were not statistically more likely to be involved in an accident. And another study just published last year that found that smoking CBD-rich marijuana had no significant impact on driving ability, despite the fact that all the study participants exceeded the per se limit for THC in the blood. I'm Dr. Mary Clifton for Hyatt 9 News. Are you saying, Dr. Mary, that this is the first piece of medical evidence that proves that there's no such thing as drug driving? Well... I think that we're going to have a very hard time climbing up the hill that shows that driving while on cannabis causes problems for the driver. I think it might make them go a little slower. It might make them more aware, but, but we just don't have the evidence to suggest that driving uh, while on cannabis or, you know, is, is going to cause a problem. But this study specifically looked at next day like, which is exactly what we were talking about earlier, that you stay up all night drinking and you go to work the next day and you're still probably drunk on your way to work when, as you, when you get to be over 40 or 50. And then, but if you use cannabis the night before, you should have it cleared out and not have a hangover eight hours later, which is so marvelous for productivity, right? To, to, to be able to go party and then to be able to go to work the next day and not be you know, all blitzed out from a night of drinking. Mm-hmm. Mark, you know, lower gear to get up the hill. Mark, Mark, are these are these types are these types of studies things that you will actually use in court in order to get defendants off a of DUI and sway uh, juries or judges on particular issues? Yes, we have uh, our experts. We have, we have medical experts. We have cannabis experts, DUI experts to combat and illustrate everything Dr. Mary just said that it cannot be quantified like California 0.08 is the mm-hmm. legal limit. The limit that if you hit 0.08, it's a legal presumption that you are yes. to drive. And that's through decades of the research and the testing and all that stuff. And there is nothing to quantify how much you have in your blood in terms of nanograms of THC with impaired driving, which is why when you're, you know, if you've used cannabis, a week ago, it's still in your system. A day ago, 30 days. And so you run the risk of when you get pulled over and they take your blood, that's going to show up. Now, if all we have to contend with is blood that has a bunch of THC nanograms in it, I'm going to have an easy time with all my experts to explain everything versus the person who said, well, officer, I just smoked three hours ago. I just smoked last night. I've had cases where those things have been said. And ultimately, we got to cut a deal because somebody sitting on the jury in reefer madness. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Smoked last night. You can probably still high. You can't drive. You can't drive after three hours. That you stuff's so dangerous. Yeah. Hashtag STFU. Yeah. It's reefer right. madness that you're fighting with this education. That's Shut your it. mouth. It's you know, don't don't put yourself in a position where you're going to have to go through this. But I mean, even with all of these very reassuring studies, I want to be very clear that around the world, it is illegal to drive intoxicated. So these these are interesting scientific conversations. I think we're gonna, I think we're going to have to refocus on fentanyl and alcohol and just leave the cannabis users alone because it doesn't because I think it's going to shake out to not matter once we get science behind it. But in the meantime, do not drive intoxicated, please. 
Mark, Mark, does this does this mean that you you just can't have it proven beyond a reasonable doubt that cannabis was at, at fault? You're right, and this is why you should just shut the hell up. What what if the what if the off, officer comes to your window and says, "Have you been smoking marijuana?" Do you just like not say anything at all? You say, "I'm not uh, discussing my I'm day." Not discussing my day. I, I got to call my lawyer. A lawyer, please. I'm not discussing you have my the day. Right to say no. That's I'm not it. discussing my day. Well, you don't want to Look at this. There's a script. That's it. I have my. Okay. Seat. Look at this. I have That's it on it. my mug. It's only twenty so cool. That's how oh, you protect yeah. yourself. Are with you? <laughs> yes. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you, should, Mark. You've got so many. What, where's your Where's your uh, social? I mean, where's the media where we can watch you? Because I watched you in Vegas. Remember at the uh, at the uh, um, the bud the bud tenders event. Yeah, G4 Live. G4 Bud Tenders. And, and he was calling people up on stage. And then after he had done his whole presentation and he was giving away nice presents. And then, but you had to, you had to follow the script. And even after we all listened three or four times, you know, you had to kick three or four people off the stage because he came up to yeah. me at Mike Tyson's party after and he was like, was do you think that I was too mean? <laughs> well, no, you know, you know, you know, Mark. Care. Mark, 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 He's got to be mean. You, you I failed like be, five times. Mark, 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 Mark is going to be with us tomorrow, and I'm sure that we will grab some member from the audience or someone part to do the quiz you know, time 25 25 word script because tomorrow is shut the fuck up Friday, and yes. Mark, Mark, Mark is going to be with us also tomorrow. I will. Yeah. Yes. Family. Nice. Oh man, let's we got to run this commercial though. We're running behind time, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's the blunt blowing Fresno based man of the people representing the black conservative voice whose just existence. Joe Biden would love to silence you for even acknowledging it exists. That's right. Coming up next, the, the, the Nicholas Wildstar. What's up? What's up? Thank you very much for that introduction, Jason. Hey, last week. A California lawmaker introduced a bill that would allow eating food at cannabis dispensaries and enjoying live events at consumption lounges. Currently, California's cannabis dispensaries are not allowed to sell any non-cannabis food, while consumption lounges, restaurants where cannabis can be consumed, are restricted from selling tickets for live events. Assembly Bill 374 aims to ease these regulations by allowing local governments to manage their own rules. If passed, AB 374 could alter operations throughout the state and make it entirely possible to order a side of French fries with a pre-roll joint at a dispensary or enjoy a meal while watching stand-up comedy or live music at a consumption lounge. Assembly, Assemblyman Matt Haney introduced AB 374 on February 1st. The San Francisco legislator says the, the move is meant to support struggling legalizing cannabis businesses, particularly because of the robust black market for cannabis in California. 
As it currently stands, many legal cannabis dispensaries are reporting underwhelming revenues, high taxes, of course, resulting in higher than street prices and even market oversaturation, which is happening in Palm Springs. In an interview with KQED, Haney says the bill would help to inject economic life into cannabis businesses. If an, author, if an authorized cannabis retail store wants to sell someone cannabis, a cup of tea and a sandwich, we should allow cities to make that possible and stop holding back our economy and a service that people want, says Haney. Those things are all illegal under state law now. AB 374 excuse me, AB 374 would permit dispensaries to sell non-infused food and beverages while cannabis consumption lodges can opt for non-cannabis infused food, selling non-alcoholic beverages and allowing and selling tickets for live musical or other performances. In West Hollywood, one of the two consumption lounges dispensaries, uh, the Artistry Studio Cannabis Lounge, already sells food from an outside vendor and hosts live events like stand-up comedy and drag brunches. For decades, West, Holly uh, West Hollywood officials lean towards cannabis-friendly policies and will likely welcome the loosened restrictions. Palm Springs also holds a similar stance with 10 consumption lounges that vastly outnumber West Hollywood's. Uh, California cannabis laws can be incredibly complicated. Some might recall the original cannabis, uh, original cannabis cafe was forced to split into two separate businesses, a restaurant and a cannabis retail establishment. This was a costly solution that led SoCal's first consumption lounge to maintain a mostly empty non-cannabis section to comply with state and local laws. In 2019, West Hollywood City Council updated regulations to allow patrons to take leftovers home from the original cannabis cafe, which remains temporarily closed. If passed, AB 374 should help at least in some small way to streamline the st still growing California cannabis sector. This is Nick Wildstar, a.k.a. The Governor, reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. Speak now or forever hold your peace. And I'm out so I'm sorry. The only thing I heard was pot and French fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think do you think this is a, a movement towards, you know, all dispensaries just becoming lounges? Um. I mean, this is this. What what it really is, I think, is is really this bill is extremely important and definitely necessary. And I want to commend um, the the assembly member for 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 putting this bill forward, because the reality is that this is a path forward for these cannabis consumption lounges to actually be a viable business. They're right. not going to be able to be uh, standalone, uh, not not being able to offer and operate under these different regulatory frameworks where you have to have half of the you know you're in a two address building where you know, one address is the restaurant and one address is the floor of the consumption lounge. And all you're doing is doing basically to go orders on plates. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not a sustainable that doesn't make sense. It's not not realistic uh, type of way to do business. So this bill is definitely needed. I hope people do get behind it and support. I know we're going to uh, talk, talk about this more and more and more as more cities come on with uh, consumption lounges and whatnot and so you know exactly they need to do exactly justin they need to do just like the social clubs in spain that's right social clubs in spain are amazing i hope everyone has a great time out there in spanibus for that yes indeed 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm... Yeah, I was thinking about Lowell too. You know, Lowell had a yeah. cafe that was really cool, um, but it closed down. So I thought that this Lowell had Lowell had, Lowell had naming Lowell had naming rights to a cafe. Okay, and yeah. so this is like you could have the cafe if like Cookies wanted to open up a bakery. Well, High, High Times actually bought their license. High Times has that cafe now, and it's going to be opening up as the High Times Cannabis Cafe. Mm, cool. I think it's awesome. Give it to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Give me carbs and weed. Carbs and, and weed. I mean, I mean, all day. I mean, that, like, I'll for, buy a year. Pass. Will you be able to bring your guns into this lounge in Texas? Yes. In Texas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In open carry states. Yeah, and just have a just like a, a range out back too. It's like impaired shooting. Absolutely no contests. That's where the that's where the uh, shows go. And then beyond the porch are a bunch of like bison grazing. You just like hop on, get, bison down. Just get totally roasted and just hop mm -hmm. on one of those mechanical bulls. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but this, but but this, this will also too enable um, dispensaries even to sell food. And so, like, you can basically go and buy yourself an eighth, a bag of chips, and a bottle of water, or a sprite, and whatever, and you're on your way. So I this, I, yeah, this is this this is great all the way around. Got some, got yeah. some lean, got yeah. some green. And now you got, you know, mechanical bulls. <laughs> but coming up, we are uh, we are almost at time, so I'm gonna make sure we keep it moving here. This Lone Star State advocate and storyteller is the co-founder of Girl House Media, host of the Feminized Podcast, where she interviews some of the dopest women in the game, and she also provides tips on growing premium windowsill Delta Eight flower. Up next, you know who it is. It is Liz Grow. <sighs> thank you, thank you for that. Thank you. I've got such important breaking news to share with you guys. Um, the majority of Americans plan to use or gift cannabis on Valentine's Day, says new survey. Um, this story came through Forbes. Yeah, come on. Tell us something we don't know. But I, had, I always like to, you know, read a survey and, um, you know, see what it says, see what trends it reveals. So this survey, was it only polled 961 Americans between, between January 24th and 29th. Okay, and it was commissioned by Verano Holdings, which is a multi-state operator. You guys might be familiar with that, but we don't have shit in Texas, so I'm not. Anyway, the findings of this study, um, the highlights include 19 million Americans will decide to gift cannabis um, on Valentine's Day. So that's pretty dope. Parents are more likely to use or gift cannabis than non-parents. Nearly one in four adults believe cannabis improves their sexual performance. Men are more likely than women to incorporate cannabis into Valentine's plans. American adults in the Northeast are more likely to use or gift cannabis than those in the Midwest. Uh, and Gen Z and millennials are significantly more likely than Gen X and boomers to include cannabis in their Valentine's Day plans. So I just want everybody to know I will only be accepting cannabis gifts this year. Um, and everybody should know my size is one ounce. So um, in the meantime, this is Liz Grow reporting live from deep in the heart of Texas for High at Nine News. Are y'all giving cannabis for this Valentine's Day? Now big chocolate is going to be after us too. In addition to big pharma. That's what they, that's well, what I mean, I'm not. That's you work together. I'm not. I'm not surprised at all in this. Okay, think about it. What do you buy women for Valentine's Day? You buy them flowers. That's right. So I'm not surprised at all that that more women are going to be accepting cannabis flowers as opposed to rose petals. 
Or maybe they're going to get rose petal pre-rolls and you're going to get a two for one. Hopefully they don't jack up the price. Whatever you have, whatever you have access to. You know, I wouldn't not like Delta 8 flower, but that's only because my lover knows how to get better. Okay. Mm -hmm. But some people out there do not have better and they dream of having better. And so you get the best that you can get with lab tests. Okay. And and make some. So you get get lab lab tested love. You get yeah. lab tests of love on Valentine's Day. That's what you yes. get. Yes, I'm just saying. Yes, you gotta have that COA so you can be comfortable moving forward. Liz, and then improve Liz. the Liz, I, have a, and I have a question. The intensity of the experience for the woman, all good. Yeah. Yes, Jason, Alexander. Liz, Liz, I have a question for you. In, in in this, there was there was a quote from a friend of ours, um, friend of the show, the canisexual. Really? Yes. Ashley Manta. Yes. Yes. Can you tell us what Ashley had to say in this article? Yes. I am me. fascinated to hear this, and I'm sure our audience is going to want to know yeah. what me the canisexual is talking about with giving all this weed away on Valentine's Day. I'm looking for the quote, and I can't find the quote. So. Ashley Manta is extendo fam. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Oh, oh, oh no, Dr. No. Shannon Chavez. Oh, here we go. No. Oh, oh, there oh, we go. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Keep okay, on okay, scrolling, okay. girl. Uh-huh. Thank you, Ashley Manta, the canisexual. When I work with parents in my coaching practice, one of their most common areas of concern is struggling to shift out of parent brain and into partner brain. So it's not surprising that parents would use or gift cannabis for Valentine's Day. Parents are still people in a relationship, and the relationship has connection needs that benefit from intentional effort and prioritization. So that's what she said. Dig it. Ashley. Right? <laughs> I love it. That was Ashley. Yeah. Shut up. Get high and focus on your partner for a little while. Yeah, man. Eat some chocolate. That's a great. I gotta say, I gotta say it. Shut the fuck up and. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. Yes. I want that Valentine's shirt. S T F U F. F. There it is. S T F U F U C K. Y'all got five days left to get to, to, to stock up on some of that good good this weekend and make sure you're giving the real flowers, not that Delta eight inches bullshit. Delta yeah. nine. Nine. Get what Listen you now. got. Mm-hmm. Get what you got. Mm-hmm. So let's take us out, Jason. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and I just I do want to make one quick, real quick mention. We were talking about these consumption lounges and uh House of Fuego, who's been doing an amazing job for us over on our internet. I hope everyone goes and checks that out and sees the the work that they've been doing. Hi at nine news.com. Check it out. Um uh, they said that they're working on a with a consumption lounge too, and this law would extremely be helpful for them and that and the club out there that they're working with is called Cyrus Social Club. So, Cirrus. Cirrus. There we go. Cirrus. Yep. There we go. I'm, you know, I just, I got you. Looks like, looks like it's Cyrus to me, but whatever. It could be, could be whatever, you. whatever, whatever y'all want to claim it as. You know, I'm all, all with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank yous to our audience and supporters for always tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent free inside of your head. 
Huge thank you to our sponsors, True Classic, iSpire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC, keeping rolling with us. Thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing. Thank you, Mark, for coming in and spending some time with us today, guest starring with us as well. Make sure you go and check out the Pop Brothers at Law.com. And thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Zaza Simone Brown, holding it down for us in Clubhouse and helping us make this space in the universe. Thank you all for getting high at nine with us today and every day and it's america's number one daily cannabis news show run it out <laughs>